I believe that the medium of photography prevails entirely as an act of faith in the souls of those who love and practice it. And so every photograph becomes another subtle variation on the theme of the medium itself. Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast. This is Antonio. And this is Ward. And we're at episode 141 for middle of August. Um, Ward, how are you surviving August so far? I don't mind August. We've had uh, the warmest summer I can ever remember here in Calgary. Oh, really? And um, it's, it's cooled down a lot now, but uh, it was a bit of a novelty. A lot of people didn't like it. I was generally happy with it i don't mind i don't mind the memo it's the end of the world it's the end of the world that's fine we're getting lots <laughs> of smoke and fires and stuff so, and really so are you actually too I yeah understand. yeah well we not uh the smoke has died down i mean we haven't had those red ball um or at least i haven't had a red ball uh sunrise in a little while since um we have bad air quality today but right. it's not it's not necessarily from any smoke yeah, I mean, it's the other pollution and stuff, so. Yeah, a few weeks ago, we were getting sort of almost daily air quality advisories, and really? uh, that has died down also. So funny that this terrible air quality makes for great pictures. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I put I put up shots of the, uh, I have a, a local neighborhood Facebook group I'm part of, and I'll put up sunrise pictures. They Everybody knows me for my sunrises. And then I mm -hmm. put up a sunrise that was just that, like pink ball perfect right. too it looked yeah. like a japanese flag other than the background being slightly gray yeah and um you know it's very striking to see that and then i post it up and it begins this whole dialogue of the world is ending right um you know and and you know it's true we're getting all the dust and stuff from you know the, all the airs are all the airs connected so yeah. yeah but it does make for some really spectacular pictures so it's uh, uh I've got a friend who's uh, about a five-hour drive, four-hour drive uh, west of here, just over the Continental Divide, and um, she's getting some spectacular macro pictures. She bought a new, she bought a, a new Canon R5, and so she's oh, exploring yeah. that and uh, coming up with some amazing flower pictures because oh, really? the landscapes are completely ruined by smoke. <laughs> she can't shoot any well, of the mountains around. Yeah. That's a great. You know, that's a great idea for adaptation. I mean, I think we've all done that, you know, to figure out what you can and can't do. And you have to sort of drive yourself to go take pictures someplace. And I've mm -hmm. I've actually told students about macro. I, I, I would love to do a class on macro, even though I'm not an expert. I would love to, like, get people just sort of involved in it. Because I say, you know, you could spend your entire summer, you know, focusing on, like, one square meter yep. of, like, some patch of dirt someplace you know and yeah. or, and like just take a really tight macro thing and just go there and, and like take pictures all day i mean i, I it opens up a, a, a huge world or a small world <laughs> yeah well and you're well you're taking opportunities of what's around you it's a good exercise you know um, yeah yeah big yeah. Uh, big fan of doing stuff like that yeah. and you don't need a lot i mean even if you wanted to use like i know it's good to have a macro lens and i have a couple of them but even if you wanted to use the screw on the you know, close-up magnifying rings. filters, yeah. or even, yeah. well, no, the ones that you put on the front. And then, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, close-up rings. But then I'm, you know, also just taking your your um, what are the things called that you put the lens on backwards? No, oh, yeah, the reverse adapters. Reverse adapters. Those yeah. aren't that expensive, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, but you have to get one specific to your lens, or or even just or putting a, a, a spacer, size, yeah. a spacer on the, yeah. uh, an extender on the back lens mm -hmm. that turns it not quite macro. It depends on the lens you have. So. It's something you can get involved with. Not a lot of expense, I think, yeah. you know, and you can still come up with some great shots and stuff. I used to do these shots of, uh, I, I might have mentioned it to you before or maybe mentioned on the show, but I used to buy these little prizer figures. They're HO scale train oh, yeah. set figures for the, yeah. for the, pan, for the, um, uh, dioramas, the train dioramas. And, yeah. Uh, and now everybody's doing them, <laughs> but I, I used to do them for stock and it was great because they were like generic little figures and you could put them all like I put, used to put them on stock quotes or um, set up little scenes with them and, uh, and then, um, and then everybody bought them. So 
And it, you started I've got a, a trend. Maybe you're responsible started, for the whole damn thing. It's possible because I did trend. it a long I wasn't the only one. I think there was like maybe a, a handful, like two or three or four people from other stock agencies. Like, like I didn't quite get the idea by myself, but someone gave me a little figure and said, you should try to photograph this. They turned, they had turned it into an earring or no, a pin. Oh, and cute. I took the the pin broke, and I had this little guy standing like this with his arms, you know, <laughs> yeah. on his thing, and he had like a little derby or a bowler derby on. Oh yeah. And I did some shots with it. And I was like, oh yeah, this is fun. And then I saw maybe another photographer or two from another agency, and uh, so I went crazy and I bought like those little figures, like a box of the, like eight of them were like they're like nine bucks a piece or ten bucks a piece, yeah. so depending on what they were. And sometimes they're like fifteen or twenty. And you go to, go to, uh, one day I'll have to talk about this yeah. in more depth. But I think um, I've seen some of your work on that. I think you posted yeah on our it, on our chat or something. I'm sure, or there's an article. Oh yeah, you, yeah, yeah. And I might have maybe some of the tear sheets I had. But anyway, um, that's for a later date. So, but right. anyway, you you told. Uh, I mean, you know, as a, a sense of free form show, I haven't seen you or talked to you in a while. We've both been busy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just good. We had a little things good. going on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a quick news for me was that uh, my life has been in anxiety <laughs> for the past couple of months. But uh, I got a job offer, and I don't want to mention where yet until it's uh, until I start. I'll be starting in October, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm, hopefully, we'll be cool with the uh, employer that I mentioned. And it won't stop the show, of course. You know, I think this is what we do on our yeah. own time. But um, that's been one big level of stress relieved uh, literally in the <clears throat> in the past couple of days so okay, i'm like congratulations I'm, man yeah thank yeah, you no, thank you it's good. been um excuse me I'm just like i'm realizing how dry my throat is <clears throat> so early you're in the doing morning. most of the talking you know so i you know yeah uh so anyway that that stress is relieved and uh, you know the the busyness of looking for a job is sort of now behind me but yeah we both been doing stuff but you've been traveling and i I wanted to do is talk about i I think this show i just wanted to talk about whatever photo experiences we've had in the past couple of months and i know you've got one and i've got one and i was like okay well there's a show that's enough for our show right there absolutely yeah um so uh tell me what happened you you know we've been sharing some information i mean Mm -hmm. you've been sharing we've been traveling and stuff like that but um, let's hear it. You know, where All did right. you go? I uh, drove out to the West Coast, uh, to Vancouver, with my Fred Herzog book in tow, and uh, my. You son brought it with you. Brought it with me. Oh. Tried and I. Uh, both of us went through it the first night uh, when we you know we got. Uh, we arrived and went through the book to see Which you know. Book? Uh, um, what's it called? Um, oh my goodness! I left it with my aunt out there. Oh, okay. Um. Um. It wasn't the one. Modern that, color, modern, modern color. color. That's Most, the one, were, were, did we talk about that? Already? We did. Yeah, we did, we did okay, a show on it, and I oh my put God, that I'm in the show notes too. Here. I know it's <laughs> it's the worst. And I I would go reach for it, except that I left it with one of my aunts who had never heard of Fred Herzog out there, uh-huh, uh-huh. and he was. Uh, and after I had built him up on the show about how he was known in the arts community in Vancouver. But anyway, so we stayed at the hotel, the kind of a divey hotel we stayed at on Robson Street. It was just two blocks away from where one of his pictures was taken. And so here we go. You know, why are we going to take pictures of of the um, uh, some of the locales and stand in the same place he did and so on and try and get uh, uh, pictures from the same vantage point? Was this a deliberate trip to do photography or you just no, get away or you we just had like booked combining? it months ago to see uh-huh. a concert that my son was interested in um and of course it was can it was months ahead and he the, the act was from australia and they canceled and so oh. we mm. thought we got such a good deal on this divey hotel why don't we just go <laughs> anyway and then i was like i hadn't really been out very much shooting so why don't we just take pictures uh go out there and take pictures and he's I've given him my old X20, my Fujifilm X20, uh-huh, uh-huh. and he loves that little camera, and uh, he likes to shoot uh, pictures of, um, oh, how shall I say, garbage cans, and say, say Eggleston towards the end when it was really all about garbage cans, and uh-huh, uh-huh. kind of dire urban scenes, and garbage left on the street, and drug paraphernalia, and all that kind of stuff. He oh. He loves that stuff, so... 
So I'm like, well, there, there is a, there's a, a street, uh, close to downtown, uh, where they're the homeless kind of congregate. So, uh, we walked through there and, um, so yeah, was, there was a, there was a lot going on. Um, the, the one, just, just to tell one story about the recreating the locale, I was very disappointed because the Vancouver that's in, uh, that's in the Herzog book is really not there at all. Yeah. Like the, yeah. You know, the, all yeah. that signage and all of that. So that place that was three blocks away from our hotel, that was the Robson P- street that he shot with that long lens. I think it was the picture that I said, Oh, he must have had a 135 or something because it was so compressed. Right. right. And it turns out uh, that whole half a block is taken up by a bookstore that's oh, set well, back about yeah. 20 feet from the street. So oh I gosh. stood sort of where I thought he would stand and it's just empty sidewalk with two or three people on it. So, oh. so we kind of gave up that dream <clears throat> that way. But even uh, just kind of culturally or however you want to geographically, the book still transmits a lot of the feeling of Vancouver, even Mm -hmm. though, you know, a lot of that stuff's not there anymore. Um, You know, we didn't, we didn't go across or around to Stanley Park or anything like that to do some of that other more natural stuff in Herzog's book, but you know, we're really more about shooting the the people and and the streets in the kind of the the downtown area because that's Did you, sort of, were, were you walking around with the book too, or no. you just like study it ahead of time and then like decide plot where you're going to go? No, we just we just you know uh, waited until late afternoon because they were had the heat wave sort of like the most of the oh, rest of Western yeah. Canada. Um, so we would go out. Uh, we would go out late in the afternoon and or find some place to eat dinner and then go out again and work until, I don't know, till 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. What time does the, what time did the sun go down? Uh, sun was going down, uh, just the sunset, I think was just before 9 PM. Oh. So the nice uh, thing about being North mm, and, and in the summer, you, know, you get yeah. these like really long extended mm. dusks and stuff. And, yeah. uh, um, let me ask you, well, actually, uh, it's funny that you said that because this past weekend, uh, my wife and I we drove down to uh, our um, our uh, actually not that sorry I I'm getting uh, well no a little bit of that we went down to Red Hook which is the area that um, Tom and I used to run the uh, street oh, yeah. shots uh, not the street shots the switch to manual um, class and you know it's a it's a, a uh, old uh, uh, here, you know, uh, dock area, you know, think of, uh, uh, you know, the forties and ships and things like okay, that. And, cool. and, and it's modernizing, you know, they have to, the people down there are living, they have to live. And so they're knocking down old, you know, uh, 19th century buildings, like these old warehouses and they're putting up new modern things there. And it's kind of like, you know, there was something about that, uh, when you were talking about, um, the neighborhood changing, like the, the, all the stores uh, turning into like a single bookstore mm-hmm. There's some of that going on. And, you know, I understand it. And I, I look at it with this, like I was just there like, you know, two years ago and the, the those old buildings were there and I was shooting them and now they're right. gone. And yeah. actually the same thing happened. Uh, my, um, my wife's cousin's daughter and I, we did a walk over the Brooklyn bridge mm-hmm. uh, a couple days ago. And right at the Brooklyn bridge park, there are also these same, kind of warehouses uh from the uh, late 1800s um and they didn't knock them down i was actually kind of happy they didn't knock them down they turned them into stores so they left the shells Mm. out there so you have these old brick buildings with these giant black shutters uh and these like little star like things that are like i guess the ends of rods that are holding the building together yeah yeah and but they turned them into into stores and stuff like that so they kept that that um you know that originality but again it was like they had there was a cobblestone street there which they had paved over and i had got some good shots uh of like cobblestone cobblestone street with like old rail lines in it right uh leading to the brooklyn bridge and those got paved over right um, which is probably good for the cars but not good for photo- photographs so anyway you're saying this and i'm i'm realized i just had the same kind of experience of seeing like even my own history now like my own photographs i can't go and recreate them yeah well same with calgary yeah. when you know around the time that um mark and i met you know it's 2014 and there's been 
you know, office towers that have gone up. And there are views that I shot across a, a vacant block now that are not possible because there's a tower there now. Yeah, there's actually when we walked over the bridge, uh, I mean, I'll put some of these pictures and with your pictures. I'll put some of these pictures that I'm talking about into the into our show notes so you can see what I'm talking about. Sure. But on the Brooklyn Bridge, there's a view. There's two bridges. The Brooklyn and Manhattan bridges are right next to each other ish, mm -hmm. and they sort of form a V where the okay. the bottom of the V is in Brooklyn and the top is in Manhattan. But when you go over the Brooklyn Bridge, there's a view of the Manhattan Bridge and then the Empire State Building. You can get the uh, Empire State Building between uh, one of the towers of mm. the Manhattan Bridge. Oh, they cool. put up this, excuse my language, they put up this ugly-ass glass tower that blocks that view. That view is no mm. longer there. You can't see the the Empire State Building through the towers of the bridge. And it's actually this anomalous building because like it's... The way New York is designed is that you got all these buildings downtown, and then you got flat, and then you got buildings midtown. It's because of the, right. the geology. The rock, yeah. But then there's this ugly ass glass tower that just has no reason to be there, yeah. and it doesn't even add to the photograph. It just doesn't. It doesn't do anything. And anyway, you know, this is weepiness in me and maudlinness and like, yeah. like you know the old times. But like even my own my own history, like I've got that picture now. That picture is gone, and I think most people don't really care. I mean, it's like let's let's just build up New York, and I understand that we need to we need to modernize and make things convenient, but it comes at, at such expense. And of course, photographers, you know, who cares, right? Yeah. Well, hmm. you've got those pictures, right? So that's, yeah. So that's I know. Cool. <laughs> so so, that's, so that's, <laughs> that's the only you know the the thing I'd take away from that. Yeah, but uh, so go on with uh, sorry. To, Get Sorry, myself gotta, involved in your story. <clears throat> it's, it's early in the morning for me here, so I got a it's little... Bo for both of us, yeah, yeah. For both of us, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we walked around. We kind of overdid the first day, sort of like when we went to Mexico. I seem to remember kind of walking doing? around until, you know, my legs quit working. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, you know... But your legs, so they're all the way down there. Don't worry yeah, about they're it. Yeah, they, they make it to the... <laughs> as long as they make it to the ground, we're all good. Um so we, we walked around, um, took, I don't know, I don't know less than a thousand anyway for the whole, for the four days we were there. But, um, yeah, it was, it was good to get out in the fresh air and at sea level, my, like my neighborhood is 4,000 feet up. So when I go to sea level, I'm like, wow, I got lots of energy here. Oh, <laughs> so, really? <laughs> yeah. So I, I, you know, in terms of fitness, I'm not that fit a guy, but. I was able to certainly keep up with myself, at least mm -hmm. um, in the cardiovascular way, but my legs not so much. So before I knew it, my you know my knees quit working, and I'm like, "We're gonna well, have to one, take an Uber home." I'm sorry, yeah. man. Well, the one benefit only... of photography, right? So you're you're <laughs> yeah. walking around, you're getting out, and you're not thinking about it until you yeah. like stop, and you're like, "Ah." Uh. <laughs> I've I've noticed that all the time when I'm shooting. Like you know, I'll get an energy. From it, I guess because when we've talked about this before, but when you're when you're taking pictures, you're in the present. Yeah, you have to be, and and everything else sort of, you know, you, I lose track of like, uh, like my, how my legs feel, or like if I should yeah. be eating or something like that, and 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 then all of a sudden you stop, and then you crash a little bit, and you realize, oh my god, I'm tired, and yeah, and I got to eat something, otherwise I'm turning into a grouch and something like that. So yeah. I didn't have that problem. It was just this sort of the, the lower body kind of let me down. Yeah, yeah. And like uh, I said, it's all the way down there. But um, so it, you know, I'm imagining you walking around with like uh, a single camera, or you like? What were no, you doing, I have like, two. I've got both my XC3s. So I got the manual, the Seven Artisans 35 millimeter one two, which is this hilarious, not easy to use lens. So it gave me the equivalent of 50 millimeters yeah. uh, and 35 millimeter parlance and the 23. So the 23 on the silver bodied XE3 is sort of like, a, you know, uh, X100 sort of mm -hmm. kind of perspective, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So those are the only two lenses that I used for the whole week or the or four or five days we were there. How was and, that experience? Yeah. Uh, it was good. Um and I think I had told you before on the, on the chat that I was felt rusty, and I really did. And I didn't, I didn't have that get close to the people, kind of in your face vibe to do mm -hmm. the street stuff until late, late in the trip. Mm -hmm. So I was just doing a lot of architecture, unfamiliar buildings. Um, there's lots of uh, or lots. There are a few buildings that are on pie shaped lots, or like the Flatiron Building, 
where you can shoot, you know, and you've got this narrow kind of building running away from you sort of thing mm-hmm. um, to use for um, certain effects that I'm playing with. Uh, so I did a lot of that kind of stuff, shooting up a lot and then shooting across the street and just getting facades. And there, there's few interesting facades there from older buildings. Um, there's the one that I posted on Instagram. I thought was particularly well. There's a lot of crossfire light. Was like, it the one with the flag in the background? No, that was oh. on a, that was in the, uh, I believe that was in Kamloops. That was in oh. the BC interior. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in the British Columbia interior. So that was just, uh, that was the waypoint on the way there. We figured we'd take two days to drive out there and then we'd come back all, all together in one day. But yeah, that was, uh, that was a little, um, you know, eight hours to get to Kamloops from Calgary and then we'd stay the night there. So that was, we're just trying to get, make sure our camera equipment was working and so on. So we took uh, those pictures, uh, out there and then, um, yeah, so get out there we do all the shooting uh in vancouver thomas is getting his uh, this is my son he's getting his uh his chops back and shooting mm-hmm. and he'd actually done some some more work downtown but it wasn't the work that in downtown here in calgary but he wasn't getting enough grit <laughs> really what does that mean like just, well he I was looking for more well um Streets are too being clean Canadian. Yeah, the <laughs> Canadian cities tend to be really clean even in the areas that are not that you know, well maintained. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's looking for he's looking for used drug paraphernalia and spoons bent over backwards and all of this. You know, really? the horror of detritus of of that strata of what, society. What, do you know what? Uh, maybe we should have him on the show and ask him a question or two. But what what's compelling about that for him? Like, what do you think? What, do what are you I seeing think? from the pictures? I mean, yeah, I mean, like, what what what's the drive to take shots of that? Um, that kind of uh, world. Um, well, there's a voyeuristic aspect to it. We're all voyeurs. Photographers are all voyeurs. Mm-hmm. Also, the proximity of this kind of lifestyle that's so close to our own and how we live different lives. And also, what's left behind? What do we leave behind? Yeah. I mean, I got him an Anthony, uh, what's it, Anthony Fernandez book called Forever. And it's the pictures taken, uh, it's a, a gentleman who. Uh, it's from, you know, grew up in East Los Angeles and he takes pictures mm. sort of the same ilk, but with much more of a, almost a sentimental vibe, you know, notes left behind. It looks like graffiti, but it's really a note left for some other homeless person. Says if you come by the, you know, what it was, a note was left about your daughter was here, blah, blah, blah. It's yeah, very poignant yeah. kind of thing. Really? Oh. Um, so, uh, so it's that aspect. It's the you know, proximity, we walk the same streets and there are these people that are living this completely other existence. A parallel world. Parallel world that's happening. And it could be, you know, you know, there, but for the grace of God, we could be one of us in there too. Right. And frankly, it is one of us. Yeah, it is. I mean, um, and, and how, like, we're all sort of learning how, you know, we all live, many of us can live on that edge, go fall to one side or the other very easily. Um, and is it, uh, that like going to an urban environment, this stuff is, is sort of prevalent, but like maybe where you live, it isn't so much, or is it harder to find or well parallel world? Well, because, well, because Vancouver is such a greater population, greater Vancouver, I don't know what the population numbers are, but you know, it's one of three million or something live, and Calgary's only one million, and it's yeah. farmers' fields around it, right? There's like nothing. The city just ends. Um, where Vancouver is more like, uh, you know, other cities on the west coast, where it's kind of a long run of of urban development and lots yeah. of burbs and everything, but it's very concentrated. Yeah, getting close to the harbor and so on. Um, what was I saying? Um, yeah, no, so <laughs> we're both, no, the, the, the concentration. So larger yeah. city, um, the area of, of Vancouver called, or the street called East Hastings, that's where it's blocks, several blocks of, of, you know, sort of like in almost encampments, um, some tents, some people trying to sell their wares, um, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. and just, just, you know, trying to do their best. One thing that struck me though, um, there's a real sense of community within the population along the street there, mm-hmm. um, a camaraderie and a holding each other. I call it holding each other up. 
Uh, I took one picture years ago here of a, uh, in Calgary of a, uh, two people. Um, they were arguing with each other, but they were, both of them were so frail, they were holding each other up while they were arguing. I thought it was very mm. poignant. And so there's, uh, and that was the feeling I got when we were walking up and down East Hastings because they were like, you know, what can I do for you, brother, kind of thing. And yeah. we were, you know, there was lots of panhandling going on, but it wasn't, didn't seem as aggressive as as it does here in Calgary. Mm. There's a, I think there's a greater desperation here. And I don't know if that just speaks to the weather or just the, the, the kind of more of the hard scrabble life you have to live on the streets here than you do there. Does your uh, son do a lot of that? photography in in calgary too and so he does that almost exclusively yeah 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 so he and he's yeah and it's just when when i when we go to well a couple of times we've shot the the calgary stampede together and i do the people work um and he does the taking pictures of ashtrays and stuff like that scotch bottles that are balanced (laughs) on top of the wheels of vehicles that are parked you know like he he just finds these well, we'll have to, you know, maybe we have to have them on for a segment or something. It'd be nice to see some of those pictures, and and it's kind of cool that he's, you know, following you in some sense, like you know, your your photography, and he's taking pictures with you and 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 coming up with his own stuff. And yeah, well, he that's... discovered it on its own. I, I mean, I gave him the camera, and it was, uh, you know, he was interested in in doing short films and stuff, uh, the kind of a meme phase that he thought, you know, he, he wanted to dip his toe into that sort of thing. But I think he's fine. I think he's finding some real meaning in, in doing this kind of work for him. It's just a chance to ponder, uh, ponder the creativity and finding what he's, uh, what he's after and getting, getting a result, uh, he started with Photoshop right off the bat too. So (laughs) Lightrooms, I'm like, you go, you you Oh, sorry. I was gonna say, what did what did you uh, end up with that that uh, you found um, satisfying and photographically from this trip? Like, well, first of all, just getting out, I think, means a lot. Yeah, meant yeah. a lot to me. Just to say that you know, get sort of get my chops back. In terms of actual work that's going to come out of it, I don't think it, there's going to be too much. I think there may be some interesting architecture stuff. I'm just kind of sitting on it right now. I just imported it into Lightroom, and you know did some basic editing on a couple of pictures, but they're more on the architecture side. Um, you know, again, I wasn't, you know, Robert Campus sing about if it's, you're not close enough, the picture's not yeah. good enough. But, but uh, uh, you said you were rusty. Do you feel like it, you know, cleaned off some of that? Oh, absolutely. Bit? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it did. So it's almost like you had to go on this trip or do something in order to, to, you know, uh, knock that rust off and get, get your sea legs again. Yeah. Excuse the, Well, and it was good to see a different neighborhood, like to see different buildings instead of, I know where the light's going to be here. And I'm thinking logistically there, it was all discovery. You know, I, I, as you're saying that, I I thought about, I'm thinking about, um, when like I go to a new place and I'm excited because I haven't seen anything before. I mean, it, 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 my eyes get really stimulated and, you know, just like I'm imagining what you guys were doing there. And, but I always like to say like, you know, you can find this stuff 10 feet out your door. Right. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it is hard. Sometimes it is hard to like look at the same thing every day and see how you can make it different. And even like a trip to a different neighborhood or like you went to a different province essentially, mm-hmm. uh, can help, you know, shake that rust off and, and stimulate you. And then when you come back, that stuff that's 10 feet away could now look different and now you yeah. can you could sort of approach it through the eyes that you had when you were when you were traveling and yeah. so um it's an interesting thing to think about like just moving out of your own comfort zone even for to shake the rust off come back and yeah you know we're you know most most of the photography that you can do could be within like a 10 mile radius uh from where you live and, and it's and great be- culturally because it's another canadian city i could be you know if i had the nerve to be as in your face as i usually am here i could have done that right i didn't yeah. feel like oh, what are the boundaries here like are they got a cops who's got someone call right, right, right 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 a few yeah. things i've discovered about the people there they really don't care so much if you photograph them or here they're like did you just, did you just take a, you, know, you get the look, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, there they really, they really don't care. That's interesting. And I think the people, um, 
Uh, like Calgary teams seems to shut down in the evenings. Yes, there are clubs and, and yeah. while well, the COVID is still knocked crap out of that, but um, there it's, it's certainly much more lively. People feel safer to walk late, much later at night. Um, and it being, you know, a denser population, there's, you know, big grocery stores that are in the bottom of buildings, you know, which is a bit of a novelty for Calgary. We don't, you know, I think of grocery stores as being out in the burbs, right? Mm-hmm. And there they've got, you know, the, the, the local, you know, food stores, the big one, there's a couple of big chains that are down there, um, you know, that some of them are open all night. So that's a novelty. And yeah. uh, anyway, so, yeah. Well, um, you know, that, uh, are we going to be able to have any pictures that we can show? Yeah, there'll be a few. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'll 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 get to them this weekend, and I can uh, I can take a look. But overall, satisfying then, I guess, right? Satisfying from a uh, looking at how my getting my chops back shooting in the street, absolutely. And any any direct comparisons to Hurt Socks shots? <laughs> um, n- not really. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of gave that up li- pretty quick. You didn't bring a long lens with you, so you nope. know you didn't tackle that uh, aspect of the. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't feel uh, because then I would be. I would be overthinking if yeah. I did that. Too many lenses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah well, I brought. Right. I had a fisheye and you know whatever. I had. I had four other. I had four lenses. And the sixteen didn't even take out the sixteen. Didn't find oh, any subjects yeah. that were yeah. going to work for that. But well, yeah, that sounds. I'm looking forward to seeing some of those pictures too. I'm okay. Curious. If I can go into my experience, absolutely. <laughs> I was like, uh, no, I was. Um, I uh, I had a, a friend ask me if um, uh, he if I'd be willing to photograph his softball game. He's part of a league in uh, Queens, which is the next borough over. Mm-hmm. Technically, this is Kings County where I live, but we call it Brooklyn. So there's Kings and Queens, okay. uh, but. Um, Queens is Queens. Uh, yeah. Anyway, there's there's parks over there with um, uh, softball fields, and he's part of a league. And I missed one date because I was working late, and I couldn't come the next. It was a really early early morning call for shooting his thing. I was like, I can't do it. But I finally was able to do it a couple of Sundays ago, and uh, I was lured to be too hot. And but I've never shot softball before. I never photographed this, hmm. right? And so when I agreed to it, I thought. This might be a good opportunity to see what it's like to photograph something like sports. You know, mm-hmm. see what see what that's like. Uh, and so uh, I, I went out there, and it was early Sunday morning, and um, they were just warming up. And what did I bring with me? Uh, and this is a little equipment bias because this is you know, obviously something to do with it. But uh, I brought three cameras. Right, I brought my X100, uh, which is the 23 millimeter lens. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, an XT20 and an XT2, right? And my 100 to 400 lens, which right. is, I'm still still working on that thing, you know, trying to figure it out. Uh, and then what else? Oh, 55 to 200, which is the the previous telephoto zoom I had, um, right. which is actually a really good lens, even though I don't like the way it looks. It it just I don't like those external zoom lenses. That, right. I don't. I just grew up with Nikon. Like all my Nikon zoom lenses are internal zooms, and they look badass. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think this lens looks badass. It, it just. It looks you know, like the why, zoom kit lens from Sears. From this. Yeah, so, and yeah. I'm you know why am I worried about you know the way things look? But the the 100 to 400 actually doesn't look too bad, even though it's an external zoom. Um, yeah. It kind of has a little bit of a badassness. But anyway, I went out with those three. I brought a few more lenses and a tripod. I was actually thinking about bringing a monopod because, like, well, that's a sports thing. But right. I was thinking, like, the 100 to 400 would be too heavy. So mm-hmm. I was really gear-oriented initially because I'm thinking, like, what am I going to catch? And and uh, when I got out there to, to cut to the equipment chase, I just stuck with the 100 to 400 and the 55 to 200. I just stayed telephoto, mainly because I wanted to stay out of their way. Right. And the 35, uh, the X100 didn't come into play. Really at all, because I, I went into the dugout a couple of times, but you know when you go into the dugout, uh, there's not a lot of room, and I really mm-hmm. again I was like I was new there, and I wanted to stay behind the scenes. Yeah. 
So that being said, I, I I stuck with the 100 or 400. I didn't use the tripod. I figured it was I could carry it. I can hold it. Right. And a lot of things I learned. First of all, I have a lot more respect for sports photographers. Oh, yeah. Any sports. I mean, the softball, these guys were doing mix of fast and slow pitch. You know, right. it wasn't depending all on fast. the batter. No, it was depending on the pitcher. Actually, oh, okay. but their their league I allowed. I remember a long time ago, softball league I was in. You either had to do one or the other. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I guess it depends on the league, but like either do a soft pitch, right? Because it was sort of you know a low lower key game or a fast yeah, a big pitch. Arc guys, on the pitch. Yeah. yeah, or the people who can you know pitch at fifty to sixty miles an hour. Anyway, these guys did both. There, they yeah. had the team that I was photographing, which was my friend's team. Uh, they had three pitchers and they had a mix up of, of styles. Anyway, uh, so it was that kind of paced game. You know, they were all wearing uniforms. It was a league game and it was actually a pre game to the, to their playoffs or something. I can't remember. Okay. So that's why he had, he, like, he said, so they the were in form like they were, it was serious. Then. Yeah. And it was also the last game I could photograph in a sense, like if they had lost, uh, which they, they they played three games. I think they won two out of three. If they had lost, there would have been no game the next week. So this was my right. only opportunity to photo, my possibly my only opportunity to photograph. Anyway, mm -hmm. uh, a lot more respect for sports photographers. A lot because I mean I know that you, once you start doing it, you get practiced. But and I know softball. I mean I haven't played it in a while, but like I'm not uh, you know naive to this to the game of baseball softball. I mean I know right. what to anticipate and how things, but. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> the, the, the first what specifically? Started, okay. Yeah. Well, first thing I decided actually after a little while, I was shooting raw plus JPEG. Uh, and then that got old very fast. Mm. And, and so I turned off the raw plus JPEG. And, and my thinking about that was two things. First of all, I wanted to get the speed on the camera, especially the X-T2 when you shut off raw shooting JPEGs with the battery grip on, you can get like 11 frames a second. And I'm realizing I need the frames per second okay. for this game for certain things. Uh, and then uh, the RAW plus JPEG was just slowing down the capture. And then I was like, you know what? The the context of this game or what I'm doing is like to give these guys the photographs. Right. I'm not out to like make, you know, fine art prints or right. something like that. So RAW is just, at that point, it it doesn't make any sense. It's just eating up. Mm -hmm. Hard drive space, and it's going to eat up my time in shooting. So I, I got, I turned that off. I think I shot maybe about ninety or hundred shots before I realized, okay, this is that's not working. It's not working. Yeah. Uh, I upped the frames per second, being that I'm a novice, and so there is a little spray and pray thing, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, and um, what else? Uh, the the telephoto lenses were invaluable, um, mm -hmm. especially again. The context a little bit too, like uh, to do my street photography style in there. I wasn't really out to be a documentarian. I was really out to just make pictures for them, so they can hang on their wall right. or share on social media and any kind of you know ironic pictures. Yeah, is not going to go over. No. So the 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 uh, the uh, X one hundred sort of hung around my neck for a while. <laughs> Didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. uh, and I I, waff I went between the one hundred and four hundred and fifty five to two hundred. And I was actually quite um, pleased with the performance of the XT20, uh, considering it, it, it's a little loud in sound. It's, um, you know, it's a prosumer-ish version yeah. of the, the, but I was actually quite happy with its performance. In fact, I think I probably could have shot the whole game with just that camera, maybe put it on, on the 100-400. So, yeah. Hmm. Um, but the, the main thing for me learning was the eye and the coordination and how that works with the gear, like how much of a symbiosis you have to have with the gear in order to capture, um, you know, like in this scene, softball and speed and, and get some kind of story in the picture, right? Because right. when you take, you know, it's one thing to photograph, like you're filming it, right? It all makes sense. The guy steps up to the, to home plate, swings the bat, hits the ball. You, you would follow him, and if it's a video, it all makes sense. But in stills, right? I was like, you know what? When you looked at when I uh, when I was looking at the pictures in Lightroom, I was like some of these pictures don't make sense, you know? Yeah. So what I what I started to do is try to time myself so that I could I could capture the the softball. And again, this was soft soft pitches sometimes, right? And try to get the 
ball, uh, the bat hitting the ball, and I didn't get a single shot of like the ball on the bat. On the bat, um, yeah. It didn't happen. Uh, and so this is where I, I, again, the respect for people who do this for a living, who understand it and know when to, um, like, I guess they know the players that they're photographing and they know, like, their, um, how is it, the electrical signals from their yeah. brain and their conscience to, to translate to their finger and, and to the to camera. Like, all that's mm. one bit of timing. Right. And because I was looking at some other pictures bef uh, after some sports, or I saw some pictures and I was like, the ball is right on the bat, you know? And I was like, how do you do that? Especially in, in, in baseball where everything's moving much faster. Much faster, yeah. So um, all I would get was like maybe the ball in the air, the guy about to hit it, right? Mm -hmm. um, or, the, or, or he had just hit it or something like that. And so the, the ball's already out of the frame. It's already the, out of the frame, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was also noticing that shutter speeds have to be incredibly high. I was shooting, I decided to shoot it like, I think I just locked my shutter at 1,000 and waffled between 1,000 and 1,500th of a second uh, and didn't let the ISO go where it went, you know, um, mm -hmm. and uh, I didn't really care. Like, I, uh, aperture, I left it open-ish. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and, and so I learned about, or I'm trying, I'm still learning about autofocus, like how the autofocus system works. Uh, I felt like a novice. There was, I mean, and yes, I am a novice. I haven't shot this stuff before, so I am a novice, and I'm there to learn. So I get right. the. This is so I can share the experiences. Yeah. But holy patooies, <laughs> <laughs> I how much little knowledge I have about the autofocus system of my camera, um, wow. and and understanding like, uh, you know, it's a lot different than shooting birds or things that aren't moving and whatnot. Is understanding how that how that system understands. Uh, and each lens is different, I noticed, mm -hmm. for autofocus. And each camera is different for autofocus. So, holy crap. That was... Uh, I shot a lot of pictures. I mean, a ton of pictures. I mean, it, it makes sense because once I turned off the JPEG, uh, the RAWs, I was... Yeah. And it was a lot of stuff to go through in the end. Um, yeah, but they, but when you, you import them and you can see pretty quickly on the previews, no, yeah. which ones are working and which aren't? Well, yeah, but when you start shooting 11 frames a second, there's very little difference. There can be either very little difference between one frame and another or a lot of difference. Mm -hmm. You know, again, if like if I wasn't quite understanding the autofocus system, one shot would be sharp and the other one not so sharp. And you not necessarily can see that when you're looking at thumbnails. Right. You know, so I got to go in close. Uh, and uh, but what I did notice, actually, go back to the autofocus system, I noticed that it was actually pretty good when people were running right at me. Right. Like I would stay near first base, and the, the ball would you know, you'd hit the ball, and, and the guy would start running. And I looked at those frames, and it was like sharp, 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 sharp. Right. Um, but um, really, that 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 intuitiveness between oh, and this is where the equipment also comes into play. Um, I I think there's a reason probably why when you look at sports photographers along the edge of a field or something like that, you don't see a lot of Fuji cameras. Mm. No. Uh, and this is not to say anything bad about Fuji. I love Fuji and stuff like that, but I'm wondering if like there is some reason why there aren't a lot of Fuji cameras. People do sports with Fuji cameras, and I'm sure if anybody's listening and they do it, they're like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. but you know, you'll see Nikon's and Canons. I'm, I'm guessing, and probably Sony's now too. Um, but there aren't a lot of Fujis there, and I'm wondering if if some of what I was experiencing the limitations. I thought like there was maybe a little bit of a delay, more of a delay on the uh, triggering. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, that means I need to spend more time like shooting softball to understand that delay so that I can anticipate a little bit better so I can get that brain, like the brain, eye, finger, camera coordination better. Right. Well, there's a setting, I think there's a menu setting about the, sh um, focus priority or, or shutter priority or whatever it is, um, where you either wait for the camera to be in focus before the shutter trips right. or no matter what, when you hit the shutter, it will. That's like in the continuous focus the, system. Yeah. When you do that, yeah, you can switch that. Yeah. Um, I can't. I think I have it set for take the picture no matter what. Yeah. But I don't know. I got to check. That's one, That's of one thing things. I used to get wrong. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, like, think if I was doing this again or I was going to do more of it, I think I would have be better off having two of the same camera bodies mm -hmm. uh, instead of trying to switch between the two. I mean, I know the X-T20 did a good job, but maybe have two X-T20s or two. Like, I think two of the same so that 
like what you're doing in in your trip, you had two of the same cameras, even though you had different lenses on it. So you didn't really right. have to think about the uh, characteristic di the discrepancies between the two. Right. Well, one had an are... annual lens on it, but that was you know, yeah. But still, like problem. it's the body stuff, like the you know even like the camera settings and stuff like right. that. You know yeah. the the how how the sensors record the picture are even a little bit different. Um, so I think having like multiple camera bodies like two i think two i think three was too many i think two cameras um were fine and maybe like maybe one additional lens another zoom lens like a medium to wide zoom i did do i did do a great group shot of them <laughs> that's good. good i did a group shot of them i did actually two uh but i used the 100 to 400 for the group shot because i wanted to compress the background right. and it's actually a really good team shot of them i really liked it then i did one close up it was really funny because i had to keep going Far back, far back, far back to get the shot, even at yeah. 100 millimeters. But then I was like, stay there. And I, I took out the uh, X100 and ran up close to them. And I took some shots just to get something a little bit more intimate. And when I got the shots back, the, the sky's totally blown out. Mm. Right. And I was like, well, I want to give them one of each. And I was like, you know Don't, what? I'm going to. No, yeah, I know where this is going. <laughs> I was like, what was is like, going on, man? Oh, no. Don't I was like, tell I, me. I'm looking at the shot and I can't crop the sky out. And I was like, and it's white. I mean, it's white. Uh, there's like no detail in it whatsoever and i can't even with i actually shot i shot that with a raw file so i did like no way to recover it yeah. and i was like you know what i thought i heard that photoshop built in has sky replacement <laughs> so i was like uh let me see and i went oh, into it and I, I had to search for it online i know the newest version has it but it doesn't immediately pop up or at least I, not on my radar because I don't use sky I, sky replacement it's not my thing it's I an abomination i thought it's, it is it's an abomination. not truthful it's not truthful. Again, here's the learning. It's like in the in the context of this situation, right? I'm here to give them a shot of them having a good time and a mm -hmm. team shot, which they don't have. Like I don't think they've had a photographer mm -hmm. come out to take a team shot. And so in the context of it, I was like, okay, either I stick to my rules of abomination sky replacement and don't do it and do all this fancy Photoshop nonsense to try to figure it out, or I can just put in a little bit of sky and get that white to be not so terrible. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, in, in this context, I think it makes sense to do it. And so, yeah, I found it in Photoshop and I found a sky that was kind of actually pretty close to what I thought I remembered the sky was on that day. Okay. It was kind of like high clouds and it, it wasn't a perfectly blue sky day. It was, you know, overcast ish and hazy. Yeah. And I, I put it in there and I followed the directions and I, I knocked it down a little bit so that it, so that it wasn't very obvious, but there was some texture in the sky. Yeah. And I did it and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm happy I did it, you know? Yeah, cool. So I, I had to learn that sometimes there are not so, you know, um, I know some people, I know Mark might hear this and strangle me. <laughs> so, you know, well, he was, wasn't there, so there. No, and I, I and I and I now understand. Like again, sky replacement. It it wasn't on my uh, radar ever. But I was thinking that if you had to do it in terms of like, of a, if it was a client involved with, and, and like the context of this stuff matters. Mm -hmm. I think, and and um, you know, in this case, I'm not making art pictures. I'm I'm making something for somebody else. And what's going to make it better? Right. And my 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 job, even though I was, I, you know, the guy bought me lunch essentially, but um, so it was, but I treat, you know, even if it's a free thing, you treat it like a job. Absolutely. Right? You know, if I'm yeah. doing it as a favor, it's still a job, and I don't treat it any differently as if I, you know, I felt like the the same pressure as if I was getting paid. You know. Yeah. You know, you're looking for, you know, you're looking forward to the client, in this case, my friend, being happy. You know, and mm -hmm. so. If a white sky is like, you know, people aren't going to notice, but they're, they're probably not going to like it. But if they don't notice the sky and they notice the, the team members and I, I can do something about that, I'm going to do it. So I, I think that I, I need to sort of remember that context matters and the, what you're doing the pictures for matters. You know, if I was doing that to hang up in a gallery or something, like that, I think I might have a different feeling for myself. Right. Um, but that's me, you know, that's the way I would deal with it. But again, it, it was interesting cause it's not just going out like, you know, for my friend, he's like, Hey, my, my friend's a photographer. He's gonna come out and photograph us, you know? And, uh, actually the, the, the team members, they were also welcoming, even the other, the opposite team, they were very welcoming. Right. 
Uh, and it was a, a pleasure to meet them all. I mean, it was, yeah. such, it was, it was great to be, also it was great to be outside and doing something different. Like, like I said, I've never shot this stuff before. Well, in amateur sports, you're, you're, you're trying to imagine yourself as a professional. And if there's a, like a pro photographer out there shooting you, it, it adds to the pride and the, the motivation. So yeah, yeah. I can I think imagine I want- them being really really uh happy to see you there yeah and i did get the one like one or two people say like one because I'm, I'm using the 100 or 400 and that's got a little bit of an a, you know impressive look the guy's yeah. like that's some lens i'm like yeah you know i know what to say to that. yeah <laughs> but but it does have that like a little bit of cachet that like okay well i'm here to like uh, this is taking this seriously and that's why like the 55 to 200 doesn't quite look you know it looks a little, and mm-hmm. you know not this idea of like I need to look the part, but, or that's what I always want to do. But there are, there is some benefit to, to that, to looking the part a little bit and the role mm-hmm. that you're playing. And, and, you know, I had the cameras wrapped around me, like, you know, Dennis Hopper did in, uh, yeah. in Apocalypse American. Now. Yeah. American. Yeah. <laughs> Zap him with the siren, man. Zap him with the siren. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if I said that to you, if I have said this to you, but I think Dennis Hopper is, was one of the influences in me becoming a photographer i think when i saw that movie as a kid i was Mm -hmm. like his character with all those cameras he liked like six or seven i think six six nikons wrapped around his body and he's dennis hopper was also a photographer maybe we should do a show on him his photographer i don't have any of his books i should i don't either you know okay we'll put that on our to-do list but anyway so you know going back to me i would i wasn't dennis hopper at this softball game but i got the <laughs> feeling that you know I, and you had to wrap the cameras around my neck i mean like i i had to have access to them and be able to yeah. walk around from one dugout to the next or one you know foul line to the next to to do this job mm-hmm. so yeah, i'm naturally going to look the part and yeah i'm taking it seriously um but anyway that was i my respect for sports photography uh has gone way up and i've always liked sports photography i think i did it i did it once a really really long time ago i went to this is like between high school and college or junior no, was between junior high school and high school i went to this uh to this new york state arts thing uh for photography it was for lots of other arts but i took the photography part and i went off to buffalo new york mm. to to do this class and then at, during that time they sent us out they sent a few of us out to what was called the empire state games sort of like a new york olympics Oh, cool! And and we had to do like we had to be like Olympics photographers, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I I can't remember what I shot. I don't think I even have those pictures anymore. I don't think I've ever had them. But anyway, I remember enjoying that. Uh, a lot of indoor, a lot of indoor gymnastic stuff, and then some soccer games or something. That'd be like hard that. anyway, to shoot in those days too. Yeah, well, it was film, but film. they were giving it. What was cool is that like we got all bricks of black and white film, and 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 I think they gave us gear to use. I can't remember. Because I didn't have any telephoto lens back then. I think I was using telephoto lenses. But, you know, as a, as a young person, to have that responsibility. But that's been really my only experience. I mean, I might have done a little bit here and there. But uh, nothing else. But um, And maybe maybe one day we could find a... I would like to see if we could find a sports photographer, someone who does that, and talk to them about it. Because it is, a, it is something that I think a lot of people... Um, I don't know if people overlook it or don't think about it as something serious. And I think yeah. there is something serious about it. Uh, and, and, and the, again, the prowess you have to have to, to, to understand the sport and be able to capture and, and, Oh, sorry. The other thing I want to say is capturing the moments that are important, you know, like mm. anticipating those and like, what is important? Cause otherwise the pictures look weird, you know, like, yeah. And so, like when they're coming back to the dugout and they're, you know, they're about to give themselves a high five or like the moments of tension and stuff like that. Like, I, I, I need a lot of practice to find those, you know, maybe, yeah, find the maybe, human drama in it. Yeah, yeah. So maybe next season I'll, I'll, I'll go back and if it, it's interesting to me, I think it would be something I'd like to do. But I was very satisfied with the work I got back, and they yeah, loved the pictures. They, yeah. they, they were like, wow, you know. Um, and I essentially just gave them a Lightroom gallery. I used Lightroom cloud version because I think mm-hmm. that's, that's an easy way to have a private gallery and they could download the pictures if they want. And I'm like, you know, I'm not looking to yeah. make any no. money from stuff. So. No. so overall, a really good experience, but uh, a learning, a big learning for me. So that's been my, my, uh, my big photography experience. Other than also just when you talk about shaking the rust off, like I said, I went out with my 
wife's cousin's daughter. We crossed the bridges, and I brought my uh, X100. And mm-hmm. I, even though I was taking, I was with her, and we were, I was being sort of a tour guide a little mm-hmm. bit, um, telling her about New York. I realized I'm going over the Brooklyn Bridge with this camera. I was like, oh wait, I'm a street photographer. Too. <laughs> yeah, it's like a perfect opportunity to grab shots of tourists. Yeah. So I, I, I haven't looked at those pictures yet. They're still on the, I mean, I haven't really played them back on the camera yet. So mm-hmm. we'll see. But the rustiness is there for, for street photography. But uh, yeah, I, I, you know, in a, in a sense of what you're saying and what I'm saying, like doing something, move, you know, going away, doing something new, doing a kind of photography, like you're talking about macro photography and doing something yeah. that you're not used to doing or having to make do with mm-hmm. that I think is probably a better experience than, than, than not taking the chance of doing something uh, yeah. different or, or going out and you know, shaking off that rust and stuff. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I'll, I'll see if I can find some of the, I think I, I can post some of those softball pictures on the website. Um, sure. I'll ask the guy just in case, but there wasn't anything private about it. It was like, it was a public field and, but yeah. I'll still ask him, but it'd be nice to see those shots since yeah. I'm talking about them. And I'll work on some Vancouver pictures. It's funny. You said you're between, junior high and high school between my ninth grade and 10th grade. What did I do? Where did I go? I went to Vancouver between ninth <laughs> grade and 10th grade. <laughs> that was my, that was actually my first, my Pentax K1000 with the 28, the 50 and the 135. You had a zoom lens on that, on that no, camera? No, no. The oh, 28, wait, oh, two, a 28, 20, a 50 and a one. And so Cause just, I don't remember there being any zoom lenses back then. For the, for that no, there was a, well, later on, oh yeah, that was like early '80s. This would have been this would have been eighty nineteen. You and me are the same age, so yeah, we're, yeah. we're the same. Yeah, I I had either the no, I didn't have the K one thousand. I think it was the Spotmatic. Okay, it was before that. And, Almost uh, the same deal, just screw mount. I think the K one thousand was the newer one. Yeah, the K one thousand was the yeah. It was basically the same guts. It had the cadmium sulfide meter and uh, it had the K mount. Yeah. God, I hated that screw lens. I, I hate it with a passion. One time, mm-hmm. like I had not noticed that it, the ones I had un, uh, kept unscrewing, and then when I went to pick up the camera, oh. the lens fell out. Oh, that's so, not good. Yeah, no, it wasn't good, especially <laughs> especially when I couldn't afford to buy a new lens. Right. But um, and I, the, the only I think we should probably wrap up given our time right. and stuff like that. But uh, the only thing I remember about that when I first got that camera, the guy who sold it to me, he said, "Look, dial." Turn this dial and turn that dial until that little needle gets to the center of that circle. Yeah. So basically telling me how to, you like, change the shutter speed, change the aperture. But he didn't tell me why to do those. He says, just make sure those dials make that thing yeah. get to the center, you know? Yeah. And, and I use that now for my students to talk about, like, you know, when I'm explaining to them about exposure, exposure being, like, probably the most important thing you need to understand on your camera. I said that everything else is bells and whistles mm-hmm. for the most part. But, like, learning shutter speed and aperture. And I said, like, look, the guy gave me the camera, and he said, just do this until this got to there and take your picture, you know. And then worry about the stuff later. Like, you figure out, well, why do you want a shutter speed and aperture? Yeah. One fifteenth like, of a second at f1.4. <laughs> right, right. <you laughs> Impossible know. situation. Yeah. But the thing is, like, you get the, the, the photographer, if you're a new photographer, you, you you'll get a picture. And you'll get something to learn about. You'll understand yeah. it. But you know, today with digital, obviously you, your your feedback loop is a lot. Uh, your your feedback is a lot sooner, right? Because you take the picture and you got it. So, anyway, yeah, that was that's that's us for the summer <laughs> so far. <laughs> um, Ward, uh, where can let's let's wrap up. Where can people find you? I am uh, Ward Rosen Fine Art on Instagram. That's where I put my current stuff. Uh, Mark Rice and I are still selling our rodeo book. It's at uh, rosin.ca, R-O-S-I-N.ca. And you can find me on Facebook at uh, Ward Rosin Photography. Facebook, yeah. I'm on Facebook, too, at, at I think, Rosario Photo. Uh, and uh, you can find me at AM Rosario everywhere on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and if, uh, oh, also, you know, Ward, I wanted to touch base with you quickly about this. I wonder if we need to start an Instagram account for the show. Sure. You know, it brings up a whole bunch of stuff, but, uh, um, if anybody has any feedback or if you want to see stuff, uh, if you want to see our stuff on Instagram or like notifications for shows and stuff like that, I think, you know, now would be the time to start thinking sure. about that. So, uh, so let's, we'll think about that. And, uh, if anyone wants to, uh, buy us a coffee support the show we got a link in the uh, show notes to uh yeah you can buy us a coffee uh, iced coffee would be preferred 
because <laughs> it's supposed to be 97 here today. Wow. So, yeah. But, uh, and then we got a few things uh, in the pipeline. I think uh, um, getting some more books sent to me and uh, book reviews and stuff. And so, so stick with us. Uh, we'll have a more show. And even if I have a job, I would still be doing the show because I yep. like the show. Yeah. And Ward, I, I like thank, it too. Ward, thank you so much for, for joining and being part of the show. Really I'm happy to do it, it man. Yeah, I right. like it. So let's say we'll see everybody in a, in a couple of weeks, hopefully. All right. All right. All right. Talk see you later, later man. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.